Hello friends. Today is April 29th, 2020. It's still hard to believe we're in the uh, decade of 2020 to 2030. Uh, today is the reading for Ezekiel 5 through 8. Ezekiel 5, a sword against Jerusalem. And you, son of man, take a sharp sword, take it as a barber's razor, and pass it over your head and your beard, then take scales to weigh and divide the hair. You shall burn with fire one-third in the midst of the city when the days of the siege are finished. Then you shall take one-third and strike around it with the sword, and one-third you shall scatter in the wind. I will draw out a sword after them. You shall also take a small number of them and bind them in the edge of your garment. Then take some of them again and throw them into the midst of the fire and burn them in the fire. From there a fire will go out into all the house of Israel. I know it's early for an interjection, but do you see the way he's dividing up what happens with the hair? Uh, one third is burnt in the fire. One third is struck down by the sword. One third is scattered in the wind. So a third burns in the city, a third is taken out by war, and a third escapes, tries to escape into the wind. A small number, remnant, is bound into the edge of his garment. I picture that as Jesus taking a small number of his children, his most, most faithful followers, and then just tucking them away in his pocket. Verse 5, Thus says the Lord God, This is Jerusalem. I have set her in the midst of the nations and the countries all around her. She has rebelled against my judgments by doing wickedness more than the nations and against my statutes more than the countries that are all around her. For they have refused my judgments and they have not walked in my statutes. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Because you have multiplied disobedience more than the nations that are all around you, have not walked in my statutes, nor kept my judgments, nor even done according to the judgments of the nations that are all around you. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I, even I, am against you, and will execute judgments in your midst in the sight of, all, of the nations. And I will do among you what I have never done, and the like of which I will never do again, because of all your abominations. Therefore, fathers shall eat their sons in your midst, and sons shall eat their fathers, and I will execute judgments against you. And all of you who remain, I will scatter to all the winds. Interjection. Right now, I just watched a disturbing video on the food supply shortage. I know we covered this yesterday, and I know that this is not what you want to hear when you hear the word of the Lord. We want comfort. We want peace. We want to be told we're going to be taken care of. But we want truth also. Verse 11. Therefore, as I live, says the Lord God, surely because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable things and with all your abominations, therefore I will also diminish you. My eye will not spare, nor will I have any pity. One third of you shall die of the pestilence and be consumed with famine in your midst. And one-third shall fall by the sword all around you, 
and I will scatter another third to all the winds, and I will draw out a sword after them. Hmm. Thus shall my anger be spent, and I will cause my fury to rest upon them. And I will be avenged, and they shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it in my zeal, when I have spent my fury upon them. Moreover, I will make you a waste and a reproach among the nations that are all around you, in the sight of all who pass by. Interjection. This is to the nation who detests the Lord's statutes. They put idols in place of him. Verse 15, so it shall be a reproach, a taunt, and a lesson, and an astonishment to the nations that are all around you, when I execute judgments among you in anger, and in fury, and in furious rebukes. I, the Lord, have spoken, when I send against them the terrible arrows of famine, which shall be for destruction, which I will send to destroy you, I will increase the famine upon you, and cut off your supply of bread. So will I send against you famine and wild beasts, and they will bereave you. Pestilence and blood shall pass through you, and I will bring the sword against you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Chapter 6 Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face toward the mountains of Israel, and prophesy against them, and say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God to the mountains, to the hills, to the ravines, and to the valleys. Indeed, I, even I, will bring a sword against you, and I will destroy your high places. Then your altars shall be desolate, your incense altars shall be broken, and I will cast down your slain men before your idols. And I will lay the corpses of the children of Israel before their idols, and I will scatter your bones all around your altars. In all your dwelling places the city shall be laid waste, and the high places shall be desolate, so that your altars may be laid waste and made desolate, your idols may be broken and made to cease, your incense altars may be cut down, and your works may be abolished. The slain shall fall in your midst, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Interjection. The altars he's talking to he, talking about here is not altars in a church of God. These are altars that have been set up in homes, in, in stores, department stores, in car lots. Any place where you go to idolize something above the Lord, any place where you spend your time gazing upon the beauty of something other than God, more so than God, desiring things more than you desire him, these are altars. Incense can be music, music that you place above the Lord God. It's many things. Pray and get discernment on that. Verse 8, Yet I will leave a remnant, so that you may have some who escape the sword among the nations when you are scattered through the, the countries. Then those of you who escape will remember me among the nations where they are carried captive, because I was crushed by their adulterous heart, which has departed from me, and by their eyes which play the harlot after their idols. They will loathe themselves for the evils which they committed in all their abominations. And they shall know that I am the Lord. I have not said in vain that I would bring this calamity upon them. I'd like to interject here with this remnant. He puts them in the hem of his garment. 
or in his pocket, but they are scattered into captivity. In the end times, the Lord will gather a small number. This is what some refer to as the rapture, but he will take them away. And these are the ones who are going to proclaim to everybody. Our, our idols have done this to us. We must repent for all of this. These are a trusted small group. Verse 11. Thus says the Lord God, pound your fists and stamp your feet and say, Alas for all the evil abominations of the house of Israel, for they shall fall by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. Interjection. Look up those three in Revelations. They're there. Verse 12. He who is far off shall die by the pestilence. He who is near shall fall by the sword, and he who remains and is besieged shall die by the famine. Thus will I spend my fury upon them. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when they're slain or among their idols all around their altars. On every high hill, on all the mountaintops, under every green tree, and every, under every thick oak, wherever they offered sweet incense to all their idols. So I will stretch out my hand against them and make the land desolate. Yes, more desolate than the wilderness toward Dibla. In all the dwelling places, they, then they shall know that I am the Lord. Before I go into chapter 7, <clears throat> we only have two chapters left of today's reading. On February 22nd of 2019, it was a super blood wolf moon. I don't know how many other words they could add to that, but I woke up in the middle of the night and I always put my bed under a window because I like to look at the stars. I like to dream that I'm heading up through the stars on my way to heaven. And the moon, this full blood moon, super wolf, whatever moon, was shining directly through. It was about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning shining directly through the window onto my pillow, onto my face. I was married at the time. I woke up and I was, I was thinking, I'm so glad my bedroom window was on the south side because then I could see the full moon. And I was watching the moon and the window and the screen was making a cross shape rays come off it off of it and I thought oh lord it's just so beautiful um I must have fallen asleep and woke again but I woke to a realization that judgment uh more so than judgment wrath was falling upon the world individual wrath it wasn't the world collectively corporately as a whole it was intended for each and every person, but I only felt my part of it. I knew it was affecting everyone, but I only felt my part. And I'd have to look back in my journal at my notes, but it was the scariest thing, the most forsaken thing I've ever felt. And I felt that all of my sins, now I know I am, I am born again, saved, baptized in the spirit, going to heaven. But I felt as if that had never happened. That all of my sin, all of my transgression was weighing on me 
and I was deserving of hellfire. And I laid there and I looked at my husband and I thought, this is it, and he was sleeping. I was wide awake, this was not a vision or a dream. And I grabbed my journal and I started writing. It was, it was the most lost and forsaken feeling one can ever feel. There goes the clock, why does it always go off? I should wait until after. Uh, hang on. I go through this every morning at 9 a.m. I know people say just take the batteries out, but I like the birds. But so February 22nd, 2019, the Lord said, this is the first warning. And I felt that there would be three. And eventually it started to subside. I just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And finally my husband woke up and he's like, what's wrong? And I was telling him. And he said, you know, we'll pray about that more later. And, and the Lord was just impressing on me that this is what's coming. This is coming to the world. They will at one point wake up and feel the wrath. Christians as well. Um, this isn't the great tribulation wrath but at some point, a realization shall hit every man, woman, and child that God is angry. He is very angry. All right, I'm going to go on. <clears throat> Chapter 7. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, And you, son of man, thus says the Lord God to the land of Israel, An end. The end has come upon the four corners of the land. Shout out to flat earth. Now the end has come upon you, and I will send my anger against you. I will judge you according to your ways, and I will repay you for all your abominations. My eye will not spare you, nor will I have pity, but I will repay your ways, and your abominations will be in your midst. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I'm going to interject. I am not promoting flat earth. I am not promoting globe earth. Whenever I see something that, that goes either way, I'm going to shout it out because we still don't know the truth. Verse 5, thus says the Lord God, a disaster, a singular disaster. Behold, it has come. An end has come. The end has come. It has dawned for you. Behold, it has come. Doom has, gone, has come to you. You who dwell in the land, the time has come. A day of trouble is near and not of rejoicing in the mountains. Now upon you I will soon pour out my fury and spend my fury upon you. I will judge you according to your ways, and I will repay you for all your abominations. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. I will repay you according to your ways, and your abominations will be in your midst. Then you shall know that I am the Lord who strikes. Behold the day, behold it has come. Doom has gone out, the rod has blossomed, pride has budded. Violence has risen up into a rod of wickedness. None of them shall remain, none of their multitude, none of them. Nor shall there be wailing for them. The time has come. The day draws near. Interjection. That sounds a lot like what I was just talking about. I swear I didn't remember what was coming in this next chapter. Let's go on. Let not the buyer rejoice nor the seller mourn, for wrath is on their whole multitude. For the seller shall not return to what has been sold, though he may still be alive. For the vision concerns the whole multitude, and it shall not turn back. 
No one will strengthen himself who lives in iniquity. They have blown the trumpet and made everyone ready, but no one goes to battle, for my wrath is on all their multitude. The sword is outside and the pestilence and famine within. Whoever is in the field will die by the sword, and whoever is in the city, famine and pestilence will devour him. Those who survive will escape and be on the mountains like doves of the valley, all of them mourning for each his iniquity. Every hand will be feeble and every knee will be as weak as water. They will also be girded with sackcloth. Horror will cover them. Shame will be on every face, baldness on all their heads. They will throw their silver into the streets and their gold will be like refuse. Their silver and their gold will not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They will satisfy their souls nor they will not satisfy their souls, nor fill their stomachs, because it became their stumbling block of iniquity. Interjection. You think you got a lot of money? You think you got stuff stored up? It can be taken in an instant. Our only sure foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20. As for the beauty of his ornaments, he set it in majesty, but they made from it the images of their abominations, their detestable things. Therefore I have made it like refuse to them. I will give it as plunder into the hands of strangers and to the wicked of the earth as spoil, and they shall defile it. I will turn my face from them, and they will defile my secret place, for robbers shall enter it and defile it. Make a chain, for the land is filled with crimes of blood, and the city is full of violence. Therefore I, therefore I will bring the worst of the Gentiles, and they will possess their houses. I will cause the pomp of the strong to cease, and their holy places shall be defiled. Destruction comes. They will seek peace, but there shall be none. Disaster will come upon disaster, and rumor will be upon rumor. Then they will seek a vision from a prophet, but the law will perish from the priest and counsel from the elders. The king will mourn. The prince will be clothed with desolation, and the hands of the common people will tremble. I will do to them according to their way, and according to what they deserve, I will judge them. Then they shall know that I am the Lord." end of chapter 7. There still is a lot of controversy whether or not the rapture, the harpazo, uh, which is in the Bible, that's the Greek word, the catching away, will happen before the judgments hit. Although I think there's judgments coming right now. I think people are starting to realize these are judgments. Although they are, I believe, the beginnings of sorrows. I don't feel we've entered the Great Tribulation. I think that time is going to be a serious time of seeking the Lord. I mean, famine, sword, and pestilence actually coming into the land. Does the Great Tribulation start when the United States goes into a famine? Is it not a worldwide famine, pestilence, and war? Uh, there's a verse about Damascus, um, and that can be symbolic for another place, just like mystery, but Babylon is symbolic for another place. When when the troops are encompassing Jerusalem is another one. So I believe we'll have worldwide war, worldwide famine, and worldwide pestilence. 
That's when the tribulation will begin. The great tribulation, I believe. There's other things where there has to be a peace treaty with Israel. Um, I mean, Israel isn't in war right now, so is it a symbolic peace treaty? No one knows. No one has the absolute answers to these things. But does the spiritual catching away happen before all of these things begin? Very likely, very possibly. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Is there several raptures? We don't know. Uh, J. Leland Earls, a prophet from the 1960s, seems to think so. That the remnant has a spiritual catching away before the Great Tribulation to prepare them to bring in the harvest, to help the bride bring in the full harvest during the Tribulation, the first three and a half years, the judgment years. And there's others who think that we don't get out of here until the very end, until after the whole seven years are done. And then there's a lot that think it's right in the middle before the wrath starts. Well, we were not appointed to see wrath. But when we say we, that little word, W-E, who are we including in the we? Is this the church? Is this the people who believe there's a God? Is this born-again believers? Is this spirit-filled believers? Is this the bride of Christ? Is this the remnant? There's so many ways to describe this. Um, you know, do you, you believe, but you don't believe in the born-again experiences in John chapter 3? You know, there's so many ways to interpret it, so <clears throat> I'll leave that up to you. Chapter 8. And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house with the elders of Judah sitting before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell upon me there. Then I looked, and there was a likeness, like the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his waist and downward fire, and from his waist and upward, like the appearance of brightness, like the color of amber. He stretched out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my hair, and the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem to the door of the north gate of the inner court where the seat of the image of jealousy was, which provokes to jealousy. And behold, the, God, the glory of the God of Israel was there like the vision that I saw on the plain. Interjection, I'm sorry. I don't know that these verses are coming. I swear I don't. Sounds like a lifting up uh, into the Spirit, a harpazo to me catching away or whatever, being lifted up in the spirit to see things um, and to be prepared for things. Verse 5, Then he said to me, Son of man, lift your eyes now toward the north. So I lifted my eyes toward the north, and there, north of the altar gate, was this image of jealousy in the entrance. Interjection, the Antichrist. Verse 6, Furthermore, he said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing, the great abominations that the house of Israel commits here to make me go far away from my sanctuary? Now turn again, you will see greater abominations. So he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, there was a hole in the wall. And he said to me, Son of man, dig into the wall. And when I dug into the wall, there was a door. And he said to me, Go in and see the wicked abominations which they are doing there. So I went in and saw, and there, every sort of creeping thing, abominable beasts, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed on all, all around on the walls. And there stood before me... 
And there stood before them seventy men of the elders of the house of Israel, and in their midst stood Jezaniah the son of Shaphan. Each man had a censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Then he said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark, every man in the room of his idols? For they say, The Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. Interjection. This sounds like the global elite. It sounds like the Masons. It sounds like all the evildoers, the witches, sorcerers. They think, The Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. So they believe there is a God. Okay, verse 13. And he said to me, turn again, and you will see greater abominations that they are doing. So he brought me to the door of the north gate of the Lord's house, and to my dismay, dismay, women were sitting there weeping for Tammuz. That's a god, goddess. Uh, let me see. Sumerian fertility god similar to the Greek god Adonis. Verse 15, then he said to me, have you seen this, O son of man? Turn again, you will see greater abominations than these. So he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and there at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about twenty-five men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord, and their faces toward the east, and they were worshiping the sun toward the east. And he said to me, Have you seen this, O son of man? Is it a trivial thing to the house of Judah to commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence. Then they have returned to provoke me to anger. Indeed, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore, I will also will act in fury. My eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, I will not hear them. End of today's chapters. Oh... So this is coming. It may not be on our doorstep right now, but I can see the doorstep from here. There is a gate, a door in heaven that is shutting. Some are calling it the salvation door. I don't know what others are calling it. <clears throat> I've seen the salvation door. But I had a vision once in 2018, of course, of a door in heaven that was shutting. And it wasn't shutting on hinges, but it was slowly being set into place. Like if you perfectly put a puzzle piece into place, this is a bad analogy, but there's no handle to open it again. It's, it's in, it's sealed, it's done. I thought that that was very significant because when I, when I saw that it was being slowly slid into place that once it was in place there was no, no reopening that door the door had gems in it all around they were like pastel colored all kinds of gems just like all the gems of the world and, and yes the the walls and the gate were gold, and the steps leading up were like a marble. And I was a ways back. I could see people in front of me. We were like people just scattered here and there, you know, coming to the steps. There was a couple of people on these massive marble steps. There was a, like one person that was just about ready to go through the gate. <clears throat> 
And I thought, Lord, don't shut that gate. I'm so close. I'm so close. I'm not to the steps yet, but I'm so close. Do not shut that gate. And I opened my eyes. This was a vision. It was not a dream. I opened my eyes. I was laying in bed. And I thought, Lord, God, no. Don't shut that gate. There's so many people that need to yet come in. What was shocking to me was there were so few people on the road to the gate. And I couldn't see a road. I just knew that there was, you know, there was the way to the gate. And there were so few people and the opening was pretty narrow yet. Um, there was time. He was showing me there's time. Don't tarry. Don't get sidetracked. Friends, I don't know if that gate is shut. I pray it's not shut. I don't know if it shuts until the wrath comes. I don't know. But the word talks about the fullness of the Gentiles coming in. Um, we know Israel needs to yet have their awakening and realize who their true Messiah was, Jesus. So I just beg of you to get on that road, get to those marble steps. I pray that that gate is still open because once it's shut, it's shut and nobody else is getting in. And, and I do believe that's when the wrath hits the world. But, you know, maybe there's still some saved in the wrath and maybe they end up in the outer court. Maybe the gate is to the inner court. Maybe it's to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is without. I don't know. But please pray on these things. Till next time, shalom. Hello friends, today is April 30th, 2020. We are reading through the book of Ezekiel. Today we'll do Ezekiel 9 through 12. And we're picking up where Ezekiel was in a vision. Uh, he was brought to the temple. Uh, the hand of the Lord God fell upon him. Um, he was seeing the image of jealousy in the entrance um, of, the, of the temple. Yes, by my sanctuary. All right. Then he called out in my hearing with a loud voice. He being the Lord God, the image of a man of appearance of his waist, uh, downward fire and appearance upward like the brightness color of amber. Okay, and the spirit lifted him up by a lock of his hair. He cried out in my hearing, let those who have charge over the city draw near, each with a deadly weapon in his hand. And suddenly six men came from the direction of the upper gate, which faces north, each with a battle axe in his hand. One man among them was clothed with linen and had a writer's inkhorn at his side. They went in and stood beside the bronze altar. Now the glory of the God of Israel had gone up from the cherub where it had been to the threshold of the temple. And he called to the man clothed with linen, who had the writer's inkhorn at his side. And the Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, 
and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within it. Interjection. This sounds like uh, the seal of the Holy Spirit in the end times. Um, in the book of Revelations, it talks about not hurting those with the seal of the Lord on them. Verse 5. To the others he said in my hearing, go after him through the city and kill. Do not let your eyes spare nor have any pity. Utterly slay old and young men, maidens and little children and women. But do not come near anyone on whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were before the temple. Then he said to them, defile the temple, fill the courts with the slain, go out. And they went out and killed in the city. So it was that while they were killing them, I was left alone, and I fell on my face and cried out and said, Ah, Lord God, will you destroy all the remnant of Israel in pouring out your fury on Jerusalem? Interjection in the King James, this word remnant is residue. Remnant is used in a variety of ways. Verse 9, Then he said to me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great. And the Lord is full of bloodshed, land is full of bloodshed, and the city full of perversity. For they say, the Lord has forsaken the land, and the Lord does not see. And as for me also, my eye will neither spare, nor will I have pity, but I will recompense their deeds on their own head. Just then the man clothed with linen, who had the inkhorn at his side, reported back and said, I have done as you commanded. This is the end of chapter 9. Um, so I just want to interject for those of you who know, have read the book of revelations, um, this, this is end time stuff, um, at no other time in history. Now this is a vision that Ezekiel is having at no other time in history. Has there been a slaughter of people who had a mark, didn't have a mark? So the enemy, the Antichrist, knows this. Of course, he's read Ezekiel. Um, he knows what's coming. And so he's, of course, going to try and beat the Lord to the punch. Everything he does is counterfeit. Everything is a copy cat. He wouldn't know how to carry out some sort of evil if he couldn't pervert what the Lord has already done or is planning to do in the spiritual realm and carry it forth out on the earth. So the Antichrist is saying, well, let's do this. You know, let's put a mark on everybody and we'll kill the people who don't have our mark. So this is what's taking place, about to take place in the world. Chapter 10. And I looked in there in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubim. There appeared something like a sapphire stone, having the appearance of the likeness of a throne. Then he spoke to the man clothed with linen and said, Go in among the wheels under the cherub, fill your hands with coals of fire from among the cherubim and scatter them over the city. And he went in as I watched. Now the cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple when the man went in and the cloud filled the inner court. 
Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and paused over the threshold of the temple. And the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. And the sound of the wings of the cherubim was heard even in the outer court, like the voice of Almighty God when he speaks. Then it happened when he commanded the man clothed in linen, saying, Take fire from among the wheels, from among the cherubim, that he went in and stood beside the wheels. And the cherub stretched out his hand from among the cherubim to the fire that was among the cherubim, and took some of it and put it into the hands of the man clothed with linen, who went it, took it and went out. The cherubim appeared to have the form of a man's hand under their wings. And when I looked, there were four wheels by the cherubim, one wheel by each cherub, by one cherub, and another wheel by each other cherub. The wheels appeared to have the color of a barrel stone. As for their appearance, all four looked alike, as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they went, they went toward any of their four directions. They did not turn aside when they went, but followed in the direction the head was facing. They did not turn aside when they went. And their whole body, with their back, their hands, their wings, and the wheels that the four had, were full of eyes all around. As for the wheels, they were called, in my hearing, wheel. Each one had four faces. The first face was the face of a cherub. The second face, the face of a man. The third, the face of a lion. And the fourth, the face of an eagle. Um, I'm going to interject here before we go to verse 15. I heard something the other day that I thought was very fascinating. There's four faces on this um, angelic being, and there's four faces in the New Testament, and I think I touched on this the other day. Um, they were saying the four faces, and I think this was Patricia King and James Gall, the four faces, okay, the first was a face of a cherub, an angel of the Lord. In the Old Testament, at times it'll talk about Jesus appearing as the angel of the Lord. The second face is a face of a man. Jesus came as a man. The third face, the face of a lion. Not only is he the Lamb of God, he's the Lion of Judah. The fourth, the face of an eagle. And in the end, it talks about we will rise up like wings of eagles. Um, there's many places where it talks about the Lord and an eagle. Um, and we'll get into more of that later. I don't want to want to get into that right now and detract from what we're doing. Okay, verse 15. And the cherubim were lifted up. This was a living creature I saw by the river Chibar. When the cherubim went, the wheels went beside them. And when the cherubim lifted their wings to mount up from the earth, the same wheels also did not turn from beside them. When the cherubim stood still, still, the wheels stood still. And when one was lifted up, the other lifted itself up, for the spirit of the living creature was in them. Then the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple and stood over the cherubim. And the cherubim lifted their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight. When they went out, the wheels were beside them, and they stood at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house, and the glory of the God of Israel was above them. This is a living creature I saw under the God of Israel by the river Chibar, and I knew they were cherubim. Each one had four faces, and each one had four wings, and the likeness of the hands of a man was under their wings. 
and the likeness of their faces was the same as the faces which I had seen by the river Chivar, their appearance and their persons. They each went straight forward. End of chapter 10. Those sound like some fascinating creatures. I would like to see one. All right. <clears throat> chapter 11. Then the Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of the Lord's house, which faces eastward. And there at the door of the gate were twenty-five men, among whom I saw Jezaniah the son of Azur, and Pelatiah the son of Benaiah, Benaiah, princes of the people. And he said to me, Son of man, these are the men who devise iniquity and give wicked counsel in this city, who say the time is not near to build houses. This city is the cauldron, and we are the meat. Therefore prophesy against them. Prophesy, O son of man. Then the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me and said to me, Speak. Thus says the Lord. Thus you have said, O house of Israel, for I know the things that come into your mind. You have multiplied your slain in this city. You have filled its streets with the slain. Therefore thus says the Lord God, your slain, whom you have laid in its midst, they are the meat, and this city is the cauldron. But I shall bring you out of the midst of it. You have feared the sword, and I will bring a sword upon you, says the Lord God. And I will bring you out of its midst and deliver you to the hands of strangers and execute judgments on you. You shall fall by the sword. I will judge you at the border of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. This city shall not be your cauldron, nor shall you be the meat in its midst. I will judge you at the border of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord. For you have not walked in my statutes, nor executed my judgments, but have done according to the customs of the Gentiles, which are all around you. Now it happened while I was prophesying that Pelatiah the son of Benaiah died. Then I fell on my face and cried with a loud voice and said, Ah, Lord God, will you make a complete end of the remnant of Israel? Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, your brethren, your relatives, your countrymen, and all the house of Israel in its entirety are those about whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Get far away from the Lord. This land has been given to us as a possession. Therefore say, Thus says the Lord God, Although I have cast them far off among the Gentiles, and although I have scattered them among the countries, yet I shall be a little sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. Therefore say, Thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples, assemble you from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. And they will go there, and they will take away all its detestable things and all its abominations from there. Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts follow the desire for their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. So the cherubim lifted up their wings, and the wheels beside them, and the glory of the God of Israel was high above them. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain, which is on the east side of the city. Then the Spirit took me up and brought me in a vision by the Spirit of God into Chaldea, to those in captivity. And the vision that I had seen went up from me. 
So I spoke to those in captivity of all the things the Lord had shown me. End of chapter 11. Chapter 12. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see, but does not see, and ears to hear, but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. Therefore, son of man, prepare your belongings for captivity, and go into captivity by day in their sight. You shall go from your place into captivity to another place in their sight. It may be that they will consider, though they are a rebellious house. By day you should bring out your belongings in their sight, as though going into captivity. And at evening you shall go in their sight, like those who go into captivity. Dig through the wall in their sight and carry your belongings out through it. In their sight you shall bear them on your shoulders and carry them out at twilight. You shall cover your face so that you cannot see the ground, for I have made you a sign to the house of Israel. So I did as I was commanded. I brought out my belongings by day, as though going into captivity, and at evening I dug through the wall with my hand. I brought them out at twilight and bore them on my shoulder in their sight. And in the morning the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, has not the house of Israel, the rebellious house, said to you, What are you doing? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, This burden concerns the prince in Jerusalem and all the house of Israel who are among them. Say, I am assigned to you. As I have done, so shall it be done to them. They shall be carried away into captivity. And the prince who is among them shall bear his belongings on his shoulder at twilight and go out. They shall dig through the wall to carry them out through it. He shall cover his face so that he cannot see the ground with his eyes. I will also spread my net over him, and he shall be caught in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon, to the land of the Chaldeans. Yet he shall not see it, though he shall die there. I will scatter to every wind all who are around him to help him, and all his troops. And I will draw out the sword after them. Then they shall know that I am the Lord when I scatter them among the nations and disperse them throughout the countries. But I will spare a few of their men from the sword, from famine, and from pestilence, that they may declare all their, abom their abominations among the Gentiles, wherever they go. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Interjection. In the end, when... The beast system takes over. And I've said this before. And this is just to prepare those who are truly listening. To prepare you of what is coming. Um, they will bring you out in front of firing squads to the guillotine. To be martyred. Your only safe place is in the Lord. If you may be counted worthy to escape, and that's Luke twenty one thirty six. Watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Um, Luke 21, 35, for as a snare shall it come on all them who dwell on the face of the earth. Um, and in the day he was teaching in the temple at night, he went out and stayed in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. 
This is the mountain that is being spoken of in Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 12. Um, I'm sorry, no, Ezekiel 11, 23. The glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain, which is on the east side of the city. The Mount of Olives is on the east side of the, of the temple in Jerusalem. So all of this, all of this is tied together. Um, there's the sword and the famine and the pestilence and all of that. And then there is, he says in verse 16 in Ezekiel 12, but I will spare a few of their men that they may declare all their abominations wherever they go and they shall know that I am the Lord. That is that small remnant that is not going to be taken by the sword, famine, and pestilence. But their job is to, the responsibility, is to go out and to proclaim to the world why all of this is happening and how to make the Lord your God. This is part of the great harvest. The message of the gospel has to be preached to the whole world. Yes, that might be a bunch of people in Africa somewhere or, you know, some third world country where, you know, there's no internet or, you know. But it's also to this generation who has not heard the gospel message because of an ungodly upbringing, because of, uh, you know, the, the lifestyle, you know, whatever that has blocked out. You know, God said that he has blinded their eyes and deafened their ears. So there is a group out there that does not know the gospel, even in America. They're out there, and and they're either you know in the inner cities or in some farm somewhere. I mean, they are out there, and so this gospel needs to be preached, and so this small number, this remnant, will be asked to go into the world and finish the great commission. That also is coming. Okay, the last section of chapter 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, eat your bread with quaking and drink your water with trembling and anxiety. And say to the people of the land, Thus says the Lord God to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the land of Israel. I like the way uh, that <clears throat> the King James has that it says son of man eat your bread with quaking and drink your water with trembling and with carefulness it's not necessarily necessarily he's not he's not advocating that ezekiel become full of anxiety and say to the people thus says the lord god they shall eat their bread with with anxiety um, carefulness and drink their water with dread astonishment in the king james so that her land may be emptied of all who are in it, King James says, desolate, because of the violence of all those who dwell in it. Then the cities that are inhabited shall be laid waste, 
and the land shall become desolate, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, what is this proverb that you people have about the land of Israel, which says, The days are prolonged, and every vision fails? Tell them, therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will lay this proverb to rest, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say to them, The days are at hand, and the fulfillment of every vision. For no more <clears throat> shall there be any false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I speak, and the word which I speak will come to pass. It will no more be postponed, for in your days, a rebellious house, I will say the word and perform it, says the Lord God. Interjection, isn't that the way it is now in the world? Everyone's saying, oh, Jesus is coming back. Where is he? Where is he? We don't see him. You know, at some point, God's going to say, I'm getting tired of hearing that. You know, he's he's full of mercy and long-suffering, but he's he does have a, a breaking point, a boiling point. You know, like, like water boils, at some point there is a boiling point. Verse 26. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, look, the house of Israel is saying, the vision that he sees is for many days from now, and he prophesies of times far off. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, None of my words will be postponed any more, but the word which I speak will be done, says the Lord God. End of chapter 12. And end of our chapters for the day. Um, <clears throat> incidentally, in the, the previous section, it says no, uh, the proverb that is the days are at hand, um, the days are prolonged. And then, then in the last section, it says it's for many days from now. That's two different sets of time. The days are prolonged means that's far, far away. That's not even, we're not even in the last days. And then this last section, to me, this is how it looks. It says it's for many days from now, meaning, yeah, we can see it, but it's for many days from now. And at some point, the Lord is saying, no, no, I'm not postponing this anymore. It's, it's going to come to pass. It is coming to pass. And do you want me to rush it along so that you can't prepare? This is the Lord's mercy. He is giving lots and lots of warnings through Christian prophets, yes, um, for those of us who are Christian, because those that are not Christian, they're not going to listen to any prophets. They laugh at that stuff. They mock and they scoff. But for those of us that are Christian, yes, tending the prophets. And, and whether we choose to lis listen or not choose to listen, are we a rebellious house? For, for those who are not Christian, and are destined to be saved, the Lord is starting to wake them up. He's been trying to wake them up now for a while, I would assume. But the alarms are getting louder. And even though if they keep wanting to hit the snooze button, that alarm is going to keep going off. Because if you're 
predestined to be saved, then, you know, and I'm not, I'm not getting into Calvinism and Arminianism, as that's a whole other subject. But in the Word, there it, Jesus talks about there are some that are predestined through Paul, he says. And if they have not been saved yet, they need to get saved. You know, it's, it's coming. So the word is going to go out to them, but the word gets preached to all. There will not one be standing in front of the judgment throne that will be able to say, I didn't hear about this. I didn't know anything about this. Because the Lord is going to flash on a picture screen in front of you. The Most High God has a projector right there. He's going to flash on a screen in front of you. Remember this day? When John or Sue so-and-so came up to you and was talking about salvation? Or remember that day when you were watching TV and the salvation message came on and you just like, whatever, and you turn the channel. Remember that day? And remember when all of these things came across your Facebook feed and you scrolled and flipped past as fast as you could because it, it pricked the heart. It was condemning. But you decided, no, no, I don't want any part of that. <clears throat> that that's just, that's for weak people. That's for people who, who want to suffer. That's for people who, who don't have a clue on how to live a life on their own. And that, my friend, is pride. Pride, of course, comes from the devil. That was his downfall. And so we all have to put to death the pride in our lives. We all have to crucify ourselves just like Jesus chose to be crucified. He prayed, Lord, if there's some other way, if you can take this cup, if there's some other way. But he knew there was no other way. That was his humanity in the divine. We all have to pick up our cross. We all have to go through the things in the life of Jesus that he did. And if we can do that and overcome, we will see victorious living. We will see the resurrected life. We will be called true sons and daughters of God because you can't be called a true son or daughter of God unless you walk in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said you must be born again and you must be born of the water and the Spirit. And that's what he did and that's what we have to do. If you want to see the resurrected life, if you want to be part of the kingdom of God, then you have to be born again and you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have to be tempted in the wilderness. And you have to face the Sanhedrin. Persecution and suffering is part of this walk. 
But if you don't, then you know it you may get to heaven. And you know, being a believer is one thing, but being a follower of Jesus Christ is quite a different thing entirely. So take these words, think upon them, pray on them, and I thank you for joining me. Shalom. Hello, friends. Today is April 30th, 2020. We are reading through the book of Ezekiel. Today we'll do Ezekiel 9 through 12. And we're picking up where Ezekiel was in a vision. Uh, he was brought to the temple. Uh, the hand of the Lord God fell upon him. Um, he was seeing the image of jealousy in the entrance um, of, the, of the temple. Yes, by my sanctuary. All right. Then he called out in my hearing with a loud voice. He being the Lord God, the image of a man of appearance of his waist, uh, downward fire and appearance upward like the brightness color of amber. Okay, and the spirit lifted him up by a lock of his hair. He cried out in my hearing, let those who have charge over the city draw near, each with a deadly weapon in his hand. And suddenly six men came from the direction of the upper gate, which faces north, each with a battle axe in his hand. One man among them was clothed with linen and had a writer's inkhorn at his side. They went in and stood beside the bronze altar. Now the glory of the God of Israel had gone up from the cherub where it had been to the threshold of the temple. And he called to the man clothed with linen, who had the writer's inkhorn at his side. And the Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within it. Interjection. This sounds like uh, the seal of the Holy Spirit in the end times. Um, in the book of Revelations, it talks about not hurting those with the seal of the Lord on them. Verse 5, To the others he said in my hearing, Go after him through the city and kill. Do not let your eyes spare nor have any pity. Utterly slay old and young men, maidens and little children and women. But do not come near anyone on whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the elders who were before the temple. Then he said to them, Defile the temple, fill the courts with the slain, go out. And they went out and killed in the city. So it was that while they were killing them, I was left alone, and I fell on my face and cried out and said, Ah, Lord God, will you destroy all the remnant of Israel in pouring out your fury on Jerusalem? Interjection in the King James, this word remnant is residue. Remnant is used in a variety of ways. Verse 9, then he said to me, the iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great. And the Lord is full of bloodshed, land is full of bloodshed, and the city full of perversity. For they say, the Lord has forsaken the land, and the Lord does not see. And as for me also, my eye will neither spare, nor will I have pity, but I, but I will recompense their deeds on their own head. 
Just then the man clothed with linen who had the inkhorn at his side reported back and said, I have done as you commanded. This is the end of chapter 9. Um, so I just want to interject. For those of you who know, have read the book of Revelations, um, this, this is end time stuff. Um, at no other time in history, now this is a vision that Ezekiel is having, at no other time in history has there been a slaughter of people who had a mark, didn't have a mark. So the enemy, the Antichrist, knows this. Of course, he's read Ezekiel. Um, he knows what's coming. And so he's, of course, going to try and beat the Lord to the punch. Everything he does is counterfeit. Everything is a copycat. He wouldn't know how to carry out some sort of evil if he couldn't pervert what the Lord has already done or is planning to do in the spiritual realm and carry it forth out on the earth. So the Antichrist is saying, well, let's do this. You know, let's put a mark on everybody and we'll kill the people who don't have our mark. So this is what's taking place, about to take place in the world. Chapter 10. And I looked in there in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubim. There appeared something like a sapphire stone, having the appearance of the likeness of a throne. Then he spoke to the man clothed with linen and said, Go in among the wheels under the cherub, fill your hands with coals of fire from among the cherubim, and scatter them over the city. And he went in as I watched. Now the cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple. When the man went in, and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and paused over the threshold of the temple, and the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. And the sound of the wings of the cherubim was heard even in the outer court, like the voice of Almighty God when he speaks. Then it happened when he commanded the man clothed in linen, saying, Take fire from among the wheels, from among the cherubim, that he went in and stood beside the wheels. And the cherub stretched out his hand from among the cherubim to the fire that was among the cherubim, and took some of it and put it into the hands of the man clothed with linen, who went it, took it and went out. The cherubim appeared to have the form of a man's hand under their wings. And when I looked, there were four wheels by the cherubim, one wheel by each cherub, by one cherub, and another wheel by each other cherub. The wheels appeared to have the color of a barrel stone. As for their appearance, all four looked alike, as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they went, they went toward any of their four directions. They did not turn aside when they went, but followed in the direction the head was facing. They did not turn aside when they went, and their whole body with their back, their hands, their wings, and the wheels that the four had were full of eyes all around. As for the wheels, they were called, in my hearing, wheel. Each one had four faces. The first face was the face of a cherub, the second face the face of a man, the third the face of a lion, and the fourth the face of an eagle. 
Um, I'm going to interject here before we go to verse 15. I heard something the other day that I thought was very fascinating. There's four faces on this um, angelic being, and there's four faces in the New Testament, and I think I touched on this the other day. Um, they were saying the four faces, and I think this was Patricia King and James Gall, the four faces, okay, the first was a face of a cherub, an angel of the Lord. In the Old Testament, at times it'll talk about Jesus appearing as the angel of the Lord. The second face is a face of a man. Jesus came as a man. The third face, the face of a lion. Not only is he the Lamb of God, he's the Lion of Judah. The fourth, the face of an eagle. And in the end, it talks about we will rise up like wings of eagles. Um, there's many places where it talks about the Lord and an eagle. Um, and we'll get into more of that later. I don't want to want to get into that right now and detract from what we're doing. Okay, verse 15. And the cherubim were lifted up. This was a living creature I saw by the river Chibar. When the cherubim went, the wheels went beside them. And when the cherubim lifted their wings to mount up from the earth, the same wheels also did not turn from beside them. When the cherubim stood still, still the wheels stood still. And when one was lifted up, the other lifted itself up, for the spirit of the living creature was in them. Then the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple and stood over the cherubim. And the cherubim lifted their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight. When they went out, the wheels were beside them, and they stood at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house, and the glory of the God of Israel was above them. This is a living creature I saw under the God of Israel by the river Chibar, and I knew they were cherubim. Each one had four faces, and each one had four wings, and the likeness of the hands of a man was under their wings, and the likeness of their faces was the same as the faces which I had seen by the river Chivar, their appearance and their persons. They each went straight forward. End of chapter 10. Those sound like some fascinating creatures. I would like to see one. All right. <clears throat> chapter 11 then the spirit lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of the lord's house which faces eastward and there at the door of the gate were 25 men among whom i saw jazaniah the son of azur and pelatiah the son of benaiah benaiah princes of the people and he said to me son of man these are the men who devise iniquity and give wicked counsel in this city who say the time is not near to build houses. This city is the cauldron, and we are the meat. Therefore prophesy against them. Prophesy, O son of man. Then the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me and said to me, Speak, thus says the Lord. Thus you have said, O house of Israel, for I know the things that come into your mind. You have multiplied your slain in this city. You have filled its streets with the slain. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, your slain, whom you have lain, laid in its midst, they are the meat, and this city is the cauldron. But I shall bring you out of the midst of it. You have feared the sword, and I will bring a sword upon you, says the Lord God. And I will bring you out of its midst and deliver you to the hands of strangers and execute judgments on you. You shall fall by the sword. I will judge you at the border of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. 
This city shall not be your cauldron, nor shall you be the meat in its midst. I will judge you at the border of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. For you have not walked in my statutes, nor executed my judgments, but have done according to the customs of the Gentiles, which are all around you. Now it happened while I was prophesying that Pelatiah the son of Benaiah died. Then I fell on my face and cried with a loud voice and said, Ah, Lord God, will you make a complete end of the remnant of Israel? Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, your brethren, your relatives, your countrymen, and all the house of Israel in its entirety, are those about whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Get far away from the Lord. This land has been given to us as a possession. Therefore say, Thus says the Lord God, Although I have cast them far off, among the Gentiles, and although I have scattered them among the countries. Yet I shall be a little sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. Therefore say, thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples, assemble you from the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. And they will go there, and they will take away all its detestable things and all its abominations from there. Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. That they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts follow the desire for their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. So the cherubim lifted up their wings and the wheels beside them and the glory of the God of Israel was high above them. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain, which is on the east side of the city. Then the Spirit took me up and brought me in a vision by the Spirit of God into Chaldea, to those in captivity. And the vision that I had seen went up from me. So I spoke to those in captivity of all the things the Lord had shown me. End of chapter 11. Chapter 12. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see, but does not see, and ears to hear, but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. Therefore, son of man, prepare your belongings for captivity, and go into captivity by day in their sight. You shall go from your place into captivity to another place in their sight. It may be that they will consider, though they are a rebellious house, by day you should bring out your belongings in their sight, as though going into captivity. And at evening you shall go in their sight, like those who go into captivity. Dig through the wall in their sight and carry your belongings out through it. In their sight you shall bear them on your shoulders and carry them out at twilight. You shall cover your face so that you cannot see the ground, for I have made you a sign to the house of Israel. So I did as I was commanded. I brought out my belongings by day, as though going into captivity. And at evening I dug through the wall with my hand. I brought them out at twilight and bore them on my shoulder in their sight. And in the morning the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, has not the house of Israel, the rebellious house, said to you, What are you doing? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, This burden concerns the prince in Jerusalem and all the house of Israel who are among them. Say, I am assigned to you. As I have done, so shall it be done to them. They shall be carried away into captivity. And the prince who is among them shall bear his belongings on his shoulder at twilight and go out. They shall dig through the wall to carry them out through it. 
He shall cover his face so that he cannot see the ground with his eyes. I will also spread my net over him, and he shall be caught in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon, to the land of the Chaldeans. Yet he shall not see it, though he shall die there. I will scatter to every wind all who are around him to help him, and all his troops. And I will draw out the sword after them. Then they shall know that I am the Lord, when I scatter them among the nations and disperse them throughout the countries. But I will spare a few of their men from the sword, from famine, and from pestilence, that they may declare all their, abom their abominations among the Gentiles, wherever they go. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Interjection. In the end, when the beast system takes over, and I've said this before, and this is just to prepare those who are truly listening, to prepare you of what is coming. Um, they will bring you out in front of firing squads to the guillotine to be martyred. Your only safe place is in the Lord. If you may be counted worthy to escape, and that's Luke 21.36, watch you therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Um, Luke 21.35, For as a snare shall it come on all them who dwell on the face of the earth. Um, and in the day he was teaching in the temple at night, he went out and stayed in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. This is the mountain that is being spoken of in Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 12. Um, I'm sorry, no, Ezekiel eleven twenty three. The glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain, which is on the east side of the city. The Mount of Olives is on the east side of the of the temple in Jerusalem. So all of this, all of this is tied together. Um, there's the sword and the famine and the pestilence and all of that, and then there is. He says in verse 16 in Ezekiel 12, But I will spare a few of their men, that they may declare all their abominations wherever they go, and they shall know that I am the Lord. That is that small remnant that is not going to be taken by the sword, famine, and pestilence. But their job is to, the responsibility, is to go out and to proclaim to the world why all of this is happening and how to make the Lord your God. This is part of the great harvest. The message of the gospel has to be preached to the whole world. Yes, that might be a bunch of people in Africa somewhere or, you know, some third world country where... You know, there's no internet or, you know. But it's also to this generation who has not heard the gospel message 
because of an ungodly upbringing, because of, uh, you know, the, the lifestyle, you know, whatever that has blocked out. You know, God said that he has blinded their eyes and deafened their ears. There is a group out there that does not know the gospel, even in America. They're out there. And, and they're either, you know, in the inner cities or in some farm somewhere. I mean, they are out there. And so this gospel needs to be preached. And so this small number, this remnant, will be asked to go into the world and finish the Great Commission. That also is coming. Okay, the last section of chapter 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, eat your bread with quaking and drink your water with trembling and anxiety. And say to the people of the land, Thus says the Lord God to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the land of Israel. I like the way uh, that <clears throat> the King James has that. It says, Son of man, eat your bread with quaking and drink your water with trembling and with carefulness. It's not necessar necessarily, he's not, he's not advocating that Ezekiel become full of anxiety. And say to the people, thus says the Lord God, they shall eat their bread with, with anxiety, um, carefulness, and drink their water with dread, astonishment in the King James, so that her land may be emptied of all who are in it. King James says desolate because of the violence of all those who dwell in it. Then the cities that are inhabited shall be laid waste and the land shall become desolate and you shall know that I am the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, what is this proverb that you people have about the land of Israel which says, The days are prolonged and every vision fails. Tell them therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will lay this proverb to rest and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say to them, the days are at hand and the fulfillment of every vision. For no more <clears throat> shall there be any false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I speak, and the word which I speak will come to pass. It will no more be postponed, for in your days, O rebellious house, I will say the word and perform it, says the Lord God. Interjection, isn't that the way it is now in the world? Everyone's saying, oh, Jesus is coming back. Where is he? Where is he? We don't see him. You know, at some point, God's going to say, I'm getting tired of hearing that. You know, he's He's full of mercy and long-suffering, but he's he does have a, a breaking point, a boiling point. You know, like, like water boils, at some point there is a boiling point. Verse 26. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, look, the house of Israel is saying, the vision that he sees is for many days from now, and he prophesies of times far off. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, None of my words will be postponed anymore, but the word which I speak will be done, says the Lord God. End of chapter 12. And end of our chapters for the day. Um, <clears throat> incidentally, 
in the the previous section it says no uh the proverb that is the days are at hand um the days are prolonged and then then in the last section it says it's for many days from now that's two different sets of time the days are prolonged means that's far far away that's not even we're not even in the last days and then this last section, to me, this is how it looks. It says it's for many days from now, meaning, yeah, we can see it, but it's for many days from now. And at some point, the Lord is saying, no, no, I'm not postponing this anymore. It's, it's going to come to pass. It is coming to pass. And do you want me to rush it along so that you can't prepare? This is the Lord's mercy. He is giving lots and lots of warnings through Christian prophets, yes, um, for those of us who are Christian, because those that are not Christian, they're not going to listen to any prophets. They laugh at that stuff. They mock and they scoff. But for those of us that are Christian, yes, sending the prophets, and and whether we choose to listen or not choose to listen are we a rebellious house for, for those who are not christian and are destined to be saved the lord is starting to wake them up he's been trying to wake them up now for a while i would assume but the alarms are getting louder and even though if they keep wanting to hit the snooze button that alarm is going to keep going off because if you're predestined to be saved, then, you know, and I'm not, I'm not getting into Calvinism and Armenianism as that's a whole nother subject, but in the word there, it, Jesus talks about, there are some that are predestined through Paul, he says, and if they have not been saved yet, they need to get saved. You know, it's, it's coming. So the word is going to go out to them, but the word gets preached to all. There will not one be standing in front of the judgment throne that will be able to say, I didn't hear about this. I didn't know anything about this. Because the Lord is going to flash on a picture screen in front of you. The Most High God has a projector right there. He's going to flash on a screen in front of you. Remember this day? When John or Sue so-and-so came up to you and was talking about salvation? Or remember that day when you were watching TV and the salvation message came on and you just like, whatever, and you turn the channel Remember that day? And remember when all of these things came across your Facebook feed and you scrolled and flipped past as fast as you could because it, it pricked the heart. It was condemning. But you decided, no. No. I don't want any part of that. 
<clears throat> that that's just that's for weak people. That's for people who who want to suffer. That's for people who who don't have a clue on how to live a life on their own. And that, my friend, is pride. Pride, of course, comes from the devil. That was his downfall. And so we all have to put to death the pride in our lives. We all have to crucify ourselves just like Jesus chose to be crucified. He prayed, Lord, if there's some other way, if you can take this cup, if there's some other way. But he knew there was no other way. That was his humanity in the divine. We all have to pick up our cross. We all have to go through the things in the life of Jesus that he did. And if we can do that and overcome, we will see victorious living. We will see the resurrected life. We will be called true sons and daughters of God because you can't be called a true son or daughter of God unless you walk in the Holy Spirit and Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit he said you must be born again and you must be born of the water and the spirit and that's what he did and that's what we have to do if you want to see the resurrected life if you want to be part of the kingdom of God, then you have to be born again and you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have to be tempted in the wilderness and you have to face the Sanhedrin. Persecution and suffering is part of this walk. But if you don't, then you know it you may get to heaven. And you know, being a believer is one thing, but being a follower of Jesus Christ is quite a different thing entirely. So take these words, think upon them, pray on them, and I thank you for joining me. Shalom. Um, I guess I'm adding to the end of this episode, Ezekiel 5 through 8, which also includes, includes Ezekiel 9 through 12, because the app that I'm doing my podcast on is not working correctly. So every time it wants, I want to add a new episode um, or a new podcast, it's telling me that I am adding to Ezekiel 5 through 8. So just a quick note at the end, I'm trying to fix this. And then I intend to pick up with the New Testament and some portions of the Old Testament I haven't read yet. So bear with me, I'm still trying to figure this out. Let me see if I can get this to end the recording so I can start a new episode. Thanks for bearing with me.